0: All right, here come the question episode with Vinny. Hopefully, you already listened or watched on YouTube the episode about him describing the experience. And here's the episode with my questions. Enjoy, Vinny. That was—I've heard the story before, obviously, and it hits the same way every time I I hear it. I don't deny that that there is not a heaven. I believe there is heaven. I, Mm -hmm. I believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe that um, if you do good, good things will happen to you. Yep. What do you think happens to those who don't do good? Do you think they'll have the same experience that you had? I feel that they will have a different experience. I, I feel,
1: though, I'm a father. I have two kids. And I have a human version of love for those kids. And there's no amount of mistakes that they could make that I would ever throw them away ever. And that's the love of a human father. I know our creator loves us far more than the love of a human. And so there's a path even for those who make big mistakes and lots of them. Um, I think the most important thing for just the average Joe or Jane to understand is that even with mistakes, we don't lose our value with God that our value is consistent and constant with god and it's important for us to not lose hope to to always be striving to do do the best that we can in our lives we can all do better every single day in in every way we can do better the the target is to keep trying to not give up to not give in not give in to fear not give in to technology ruling your life you know your happiness doesn't come from from TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or any of these, it doesn't come from that. Our happiness comes from caring for each other and ministering to each other and serving each other. That's where our happiness comes because that's the closest thing to us understanding what God does for us every day. Yeah, there is a path though. For those, for those who make big mistakes, there is a path. It's not, it's not going to be like our path, but there is a path.
0: Mm-hmm. When you were in heaven with Drake, your great-grandfather, right, that you heard, you you learned about... Yeah, he's a
1: a triple-great, so great-great-great-grandfather.
0: Unbelievable. So you didn't recognize him, obviously, because you never met him. No, never met him, yeah. Never even saw a picture of him. It's unbelievable. Never heard his name. Were there any other humans around, or just trees and grass and flowers and water and and, and a beautiful (laughs) building? I I was joking with...
1: um, you know, some of my friends that I got kind of the the special education uh, route. I got the the route where um, I wasn't allowed to be around a lot of, of people, but I did see them off in a distance. I did. I saw all sorts of people. And actually, on, on the journey into the heaven space, I did see a lot of people outside of heaven making their own way in, too. So, what's really neat, I feel that our Creator... God creates this special path for each and every one of us. And it is custom trim, just like our fingerprint is just our fingerprint. No one else has that fingerprint. That's what our, our path is with God. And that we get that special path built just for us. And if we, if we're not ready to quickly go into heaven, we get to take the slow road. If we get, if we're ready to quickly go in, I think we, we get to go in as fast as we, as we're ready. Uh, but that's what's beautiful about it is it's built around what we're ready
0: for. Vinny, did you ever think the product that you took could have been a hallucin? Um, so i had been taking it actually for a while before that,
1: and I had never had any hallucinations on it. Um, I know that if you did end up getting a little too much, it would put you to sleep and then you wake up a couple hours later and, and feel like you had a really good nap, uh, but even if If you fell asleep, someone could come wake you up. You'd just be drowsy. Um, So it was like a sedative. It was almost like it had a sedative effect.
0: Uh, After this experience, you feel like you have more of a purpose in life? Unequivocally, yes. Before
1: this experience, I had served and cared for others, but nothing like what I feel I'm supposed to do now. I feel that my purpose on this earth is to go out there one by one, help People um, meet God, like help them find God inside themselves, like take them to the holiest temple on earth, which is right here between these two temples. That's that's what I feel is so important for me is is almost to reintroduce God to as many people as I can, because God wants a relationship with us and is constantly pouring love upon us. If we don't feel it, it's because we're blocking it. It's not because it's not being sent. It's because we're blocking it. And the number one block to love is right here. Self, our technology. We get so distracted with it. We forget that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Sometimes we we get trapped in the human experience and forget that we are actually spiritual beings.
0: Did you feel this way about God prior to your experience?
1: I did, but not as strong. I felt that God was this outside figure that was way distant from me and that I didn't really have any direct access to besides maybe prayer. But I felt like prayers were kind of like uh, writing down a wishing letter and sending it off in a bottle. I didn't feel like there was a legitimate chance of whether it would be answered or not. I knew they were powerful, but I didn't know how powerful until this experience And now I know there's just, there's beautiful power in prayer that with our intention, with our thoughts alone, there is supreme power. And that power is that we can really bring about great changes and and beautiful changes in our life and beautiful blessings in our life and the lives of those around us just by using our thoughts, using prayer. But it, it did change me. I became a different person because of this.
0: I'm sure you get a lot of pushback from people, or maybe you don't, when you try to push God and, and let them know how important he is in your life. What do you tell those who you get pushback from?
1: So I, I get a little bit of pushback, but I'm not out there saying, hey, uh, you need to accept my God, the what mm-hmm. I think is God, right? Or what I perceive God to be. I just help people understand that there is a divinity within. And if someone wants to call it, you know, the universe, or they want to call it Allah, or they want to call it whatever they want, um, to me, I feel that we can always be a better version of ourselves. And that's what this is all about, is to go out there and learn how to be a better version of yourself every single day. And, and that the, the closest way we can connect to our creator is by serving each other, by going out and serving each other. Simple little things. Be nice and serve. Do to others what you would want them done unto you. So if you're lacking something, if you feel like you lack happiness, go deliver happiness to someone else. And it's the most beautiful thing. You will watch happiness develop and arrive in your heart as you deliver it to others.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. Couldn't have said it any better myself. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world today. I think we're as divided as we've ever been and there's a lot of yes. hate, a lot of hate. People just hate, man. There's a lot of anger and it's, it's hard to see. It's hard to watch. And I believe a lot of people you know just what though? aren't if, in if you. If yeah. you go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, I feel like people just aren't in, in great spots in their life. And it's, and to me, it's a relationship. It always comes down to relationships. It's what are your relationships mm-hmm. like? Do you have a spouse that you love? Do you have a family that you love? Do you have friends that you love? Do you love what you do? All that stuff is really important. And I think it's, at least it starts there, you know, and the relationship you have with your God. And it doesn't matter who it is. Like you said, you need yeah. to hire up. You need somebody to just go to. You have to understand and realize that there's somebody up there that you can go to at any time you can have a conversation with, you know. Uh, so go ahead. What were you saying? Uh, you know, if anybody who believes that their
1: happiness is something that they need to grab or hold on to outside yourself, you're mistaken, because that's not a happiness. Mm -hmm. Happiness is something that arrives inside, it activates, it ignites inside as you care and take care of others. And that is real happiness, happiness that lasts, that you don't need pills to get. This is a happiness that sticks and stays. But if you took the whole world, 90% of the world would get along just fine. It's It's the dang leaders. It's the polarizing leaders that are doing it. And to me, um, I feel that it's these leaders. It's, it's a lot of the news. It's a lot of um, even social media. They make money and they have business by separating you into teams. And whether those are sports teams yep. or, or, you know, one of the worst things I've ever seen is when you watch these two football fans just go, go to town on each other. And, and what's crazy is they look exactly like each other. The only difference is one is wearing uh, a Liverpool jersey. You know, like they Vinny, sometimes they, they're wearing the
0: same jersey. They're wearing the same sometimes jersey. Sometimes they're wearing
1: the same. You know, exactly. Yeah. And here's the thing we don't need to be on the opposing team. If we look inside, we all have red blood. We all are the same inside, only on the outside, small differences. But here's the thing there's no norm, there's no standard model. There's so many different colors and, and and flavors of human out there. And it's really beautiful if you start appreciating the differences instead of trying to draw a big circle and say, I'm on this side of the fence, you're on the other side of the fence. I say, expand your circle, include everybody, mm-hmm. because we're all in the human class, all of us. Yep. But what I would do is I would take those leaders and I would say, even they need love because they've, they've been in such a position that they, they have not had love around them, they allow that polarizing. It's almost like they allow themselves to be puppeted. They allow themselves to, to be manipulated by power structures. And that's the, that's the real danger to humanity. It's not us. It's not each other. It's not our religions. It's not our colors. It's not our, our lifestyles. None of that. What it is, is all these people saying, you're a victim you're a victim, you're a victim. Well, guess what? I've never seen a revolution that was won by victims. And we're at a point where we can have a revolution of light, a revolution without a bullet. And that is to not be manipulated by the leaders. Yeah, to Step forward and, and, and really obtain your own divinity, your own dignity. You don't need to be a victim. You're a child of god you're a child-
0: you're a divine creation, yeah and those leaders are the ones we have to pray for we do right yeah we
1: have to pray for them yeah, yeah, yeah
0: absolutely you, you're right you're right and i don't I don't care what initial is next to their name yeah
1: or or what color party they're in yeah like we need to pray for them
0: all yeah they need it they yeah. they need it the most i mean they're they're yeah it's it's um it's ugly out there it really is it's not it's not good because our we are so much better as human beings we were so much better you're going to have yeah. you're going to have a small amount of people who unfortunately you just can't you just can't do anything about but yeah. like you said that that 90% number is a believable number it's it's a realistic mm-hmm. number yeah for sure and here's
1: here's the crazy thing 90% of the world you go into their deep community no matter what religion you are and you can see that the average person is just trying to make make a living, earn an honest living, most of them. They want to provide for their families. They want to grow their families. And, and the older people want to have grandkids. They want to live to see their grandkids. They want their grandkids to live to grow up. And and this is the desire of 90% of the world. Why are we allowing all these things to separate us? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, agree. Hey, what happened to your friend? So, um... Funny thing
1: is, he did really, really well with his experience. Um uh he was out of the hospital the very next morning. They did keep him overnight, they treated him for poison. Um, he was fine, had no experience or anything. He uh, you know, was released out of the hospital, but now he works in the farmer pharma- in the uh nutraceutical industry. So he builds supplements and he builds them as natural as possible, as safe as possible. Mm. So that, you know, going forward, we don't ever have something like that again. You know, it, it's not like that's his life mission, but he does a great job of bringing just awesome supplements to the market for different companies.
0: What, can you name a couple of the companies that he works with or for? Um, I, I would say five
1: of the major um, companies that make supplements in the bodybuilding industry and the fitness industry uh, with pre-workouts and post-workouts specifically um he works with most of those companies yeah
0: and did you follow up with that supplement that you took that day Let's see if anybody else made um, any other yeah any reviews from that from that supplement from anybody yeah else?
1: so it later on it was about 6 months later it was classified as as what they call a class 3 substance meaning that it was controlled by the DEA at that point so um i think there was a bit of logistics or paperwork but i know that within 1 year of my experience Um, It was now illegal. You couldn't get it anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there was, there was a few more examples just like mine, but, but unfortunately those people didn't come back. There was quite a few people across the United States doing the same thing. They took their regular liquid bottle cap and they didn't wake up.
0: Yeah. Holy smokes, man. When you were watching your movie, let's say, right. Mm -hmm. Were you able to watch anybody else? How I picture heaven is, you're up you're upstairs in this beautiful place, and you're able to just kind of oversee everybody, all of your loved ones, and what they're thinking and doing at all times. Did you have that experience? Did you see any of that or, or experience any of that?
1: I did. Um, here's what's weird if, my, if I was if I was bored enough that I would think of someone at home, I could be right there with them at that very moment the second I thought about them. But for me, there was so much going on. That was not possible. Not until I actually heard my brother saying, the, saying the, the prayer over me. And then I was right there. I was hearing it as if he was whispering it or saying it right in my ear. Um, and I could see his face actually saying this prayer over me. So it, it's it's really interesting, though. It's almost like the joystick of your existence is your consciousness or your mind. So you're able to instantly, once you get to this high, high level of heaven, You can essentially go to any other level that's lower than that. That would be earth. That would be anyone on earth. So it it does give you quite a bit of freedom to go wherever you want
0: to go at any time. (laughs) Awesome, man. No family was there when you woke up in the hospital? No, nobody was there. and
1: I think that, you know, it was my third night being a coma patient. So they they didn't think I was going to wake up. And, And the doctors had warned my family that, that I need, they needed to look for what they call palliative care. It's the care for someone who's in a coma. And my brother even showed me this one pamphlet a doctor gave him. And, uh, you know, this was back in 2003. That's very expensive care. I'll, I'll tell you (laughs) to, to set someone up in palliative care. It's, it's, it's not a cheap thing. And, and when the doctor gave my brother that pamphlet, it wasn't just the money of it. It was the fact that, wow, this is real. Like, like Vinny's not waking up. I need to do something. And he had, he had actually witnessed two other men give me prayers or blessings two nights in a row. And this was with the the third night that I was there. He decided, you know what? I got to help mom, mom, this is going to devastate mom. And she didn't know yet. She was in Texas taking care of my uncle and she had no idea any of this was going on. So he wanted to make sure that he, did the best that he could. And he used that love that he had for mom and that love that he had for me. And he, it it felt like he lassoed me down. Like he just whipped that lasso, got me and just yanked me right down with that prayer. Mm. That's what it felt like. Mm. It really felt like that.
0: You said your relationship with your father was a little bit rocky, but you also mentioned that he picked you up from the hospital. What was that like when he picked you up? So it's, it's kind of odd, but when
1: he picked me up, he, the only thing he says, he said, you okay? And I said, yeah. And and we, and we were just silent for a few minutes. And then he said, are you going to go to work? And I said, yeah, I'll go tomorrow. And he's like, okay. And then we just went home. We didn't talk anything else about it. We, you know, neither him or I were very much about words. Mm. Um, I love, I love my father. Through my experience, I learned to really love that man. I, I didn't know the upbringing that he was given and, you know, he was giving me a better upbringing that I got or, or than he got. So to him, you know, he was doing a good job. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's just say it, it was a less effective job that he was doing. But but I'll tell you what, though, I love that man with, that, with all my heart. And uh, he he's still alive. My mom is on the other side now. Mm. And um, I feel her, her close to me all the time, mm. uh, almost every day. And so, you know, our our loved ones are right there with us all the time.
0: Has your relationship grown with your father since?
1: It has in a different way, Mm -hmm. in a way where I lovingly let him, you know, lovingly let him have his life in his distant way. He doesn't live here in the States. He lives in another country. And, and, you know, we we keep connected here and there as we can across country borders, you know.
0: You mentioned uh, while you were telling the story that you were seeing yourself as a kid, and your adult life and the things that you were going through, the good and the bad, was it essentially just a snippet of your life? It it felt like you
1: know, time didn't exist and it felt like time got paused somehow. And I saw every single moment, every moment. Like there was no moment left off. Like, you're talking no from like moment. the day you were born? Yeah, from the day I was born, but but I didn't see every moment. I was just seeing either the bad or the good that I did. I didn't see the mundane, the the, the parts of life that you weren't really having good or bad happen to you. But I did, say, I did see when I specifically chose to do something bad or when I specifically chose to do something good or serve another. I did see a few moments where I didn't even know I was doing good and I was doing good. There was a few of those and that was pretty neat too. Yeah.
0: you you mentioned that you you have, uh, had some experience with drugs. Were those the bad moments that you were that that you experienced that you saw?
1: Um, no, my bad moments were my childhood. Mm-hmm. I did I saw the drug moments, but I didn't I didn't see them like I did with my childhood moments. My you know growing up, I had a major chip on my shoulder for for men, especially you know adult leaders in whatever form they were, they could be a teacher, they could be a coach, they could be anything. And I just had a chip on my shoulder and I felt like it was my job to prove I was more of a man than they were somehow. Mm. And, and I I lived my life that way, you know, from about 14 years old all the way into my twenties. And, and it was interesting because I started to clean up the energy of my life. I got sober. I, I uh, started going back to church I was doing bodybuilding and then this happened. So I had already started well, well upon my path of cleaning up my life when this happened. And I feel that I went, I was going in the right direction too, as I was trying to clean up my life.
0: How about the rookie medic? Did you ever come in contact with him? Do you still talk to him? I did. Yeah. So I lost, I lost contact with him, uh, but
1: I I did talk to him. Uh, I reached out to him right after. And I went to the, the medical transport company, the ambulance owner, and I reached out to them. They wouldn't give me his information, but from the bill that I had from the ambulance, I actually had his the first initial and his last name. So I knew which, which company he was dispatched out of. I went down there one day and I was, I was like, hey, I'm looking for this one guy. They pointed him out to me and I walked up to him and I say, hey, do you recognize me? And he's like, no. And I'm like, I was the dead guy. I was the guy you brought back. And the craziest thing I thought he would be emotional. He he just went real silent and just went rigid. And he's like, Why are you here? <laughs> and and I, I told him, I go, I just wanted to thank you. I wanted to take you to lunch. I wanted to talk to you. Is that okay? And he explained that he had a lunch in about 20 minutes. If I wanted to wait, I could go to lunch with him. So we went down the street, like almost walking distance. We did drive, both of us. We went to this little gas station that had a sandwich place in it. We each got a sandwich. He wouldn't even let me buy his sandwich. Just just this, the kind of guy he was. Uh, to me, hero through and through. He wouldn't even allow me to buy a, a silly sandwich for him. We sit down, we're sitting there eating. And one of the first things I ask him is, is I go, do you know you were glowing? <laughs> and he's like, what? And I said, yeah, when I was watching you, I was watching you from above. And, and as soon as I started to talk about seeing him from above, he said, I don't want to hear about that. He, it made him very nervous and uncomfortable. And I wanted to honor him because he'd done so much for me. So I, I said, okay, okay. You know, can I just ask you, how did you know I wasn't all the way dead? And he said, he, the, word for word, he goes, I don't know. I just knew. I had a gut instinct that, that this one, that you weren't all the way gone. Somehow you weren't all the way gone beyond return. Somehow I just knew. And, um, he got in a lot of trouble by the way. He told me, yeah, I got in a lot of trouble. Um, he was on probation. They put him on probation because he had broken protocol. He almost got fired. And they even told him, they said, we might fire you for this. And because I survived, they, they of course didn't fire him. They just put him on probation. But he did thank me. He said, I'm glad this happened because I was on probation. I, I've been also looking into becoming a fireman and I just passed my fireman test. So there's a big test they have to take. He passed it and he felt like he knew he could do it because he had done all this already now. And so he knew he could take it to a whole nother level and be a fireman. So he was in the active process when I saw him last of transferring over and becoming a fireman. Later, I did look in on him at the ambulance company and they did tell me he had, he had transferred to fire. So he is, uh, he's been a fireman now for more than 20 years since then. So it's been a grip.
0: That is wild, man. That is wild. What a wild story, Vinny. Uh, what are you doing for a living today? So I'm a, I'm, I'm what you would classify
1: as like a life coach or a motivational coach. I work with people, um, primarily with spiritual things, but I work with all aspects of things. Um, what I do is I help people connect to their own intuition. I help them find clarity of purpose, find out why they're here, what they're here to do. And, and, and what I like to do is I like to help them, uh, unlock that for themselves, and not that, that I deliver that for them. I help them deliver it to themselves. And and that's what it's really about, the work that I do, is I help people leave the past in the past and and just exactly what I did, heal their past and move forward into the future that they were meant to live. That's what I do for a living. Yeah.
0: Nice, man. That is great. And what were you doing prior? Um, prior, I was... I was uh, building
1: homes. I was a framer contractor. Um, I had actually worked as a general contractor and as a superintendent as well. Uh, But I did have a nice little fun stint where I worked for a TV show. And I did that for, you know, off and on uh, for about three and a half years. And that was a lot of fun too. I did some movies too. Yeah.
0: But after this experience? After this, I I stuck with
1: construction for a little bit longer. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I got into construction management and I, I stuck with that until about 10 years ago and, um, I uh, started working for a contracting company. And then a few, few years back I started doing the coaching thing. Uh, um, I've, I've always been coaching people, uh, but I wasn't doing it, uh, like where I, I set up a professional business to do that. I did that a couple of years ago and and it's been really successful. Good. Yeah. The, I I feel that, uh, for me, the success is the fact that people refer so many others to me, and to me, that's where my success is. Is, is if I'm doing my job right, people will constantly refer.
0: Your number one salesman is a satisfied customer. Because yes, exactly. Uh, You're right? absolutely right. Yeah,
1: they'll let everybody know one, about it. And and uh, the rule of thumb is what one bad customer can tell up to ten people. And one good customer will tell up to three. Right. So you've got to you've got to keep a lot of good customers out there. And and to me, um, I like to think of my clients as my friends. As you know, I could invite them over to my home anytime, or they might
0: invite me over to their home. And
1: in fact, quite a few, I've I've gone over to their home and worked with them directly.
0: That's awesome, Vinny. Um, do you remember the thoughts in people's heads? I do.
1: What, what were some of them? <laughs> um, Hauntingly, I remember the thoughts. And 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 I'll tell you a couple of them. Uh, like after they found the body, the a couple of the workers at the Dairy Queen, they went running in the back. And there was like this fry cook guy back there. And they told him, they're like, dude, dude, there's a dead body in the bathroom. Come look. And they were all going around to come look at this dead body. And I heard him say loud as day. I've seen enough death. I don't need to see anymore. And he just shook his head and he's all not for me, man, not for me. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, he was saying to himself, I've seen enough death. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see anymore. Um, also the whole time the manager was doing all the things he was doing, including talking to nine one one, he was hearing his mother's voice, like ranting on him in his head. You're not going to make anything of yourself. If you stay in that, that stupid fast food job. You're never going to make anything of yourself. Like he, he kept hearing that again and again and again. It's almost like that was a broken record playing in the background of his, of his mind. Um, also there was a, the gentleman who tried to use the bathroom. He kept getting up and, and it's weird. He, he was having a hard time with a new daughter-in-law he had. And I could hear his thoughts of how does she love her so much? And he was talking about his wife. Like, how can he love this new daughter-in-law or how can his wife love this new daughter-in-law so much? She, she hardly knows her. And he kept thinking thoughts like, well, I'm going to hold back. I'm going to see. I'm going to wait and see if this even lasts. And I mean, simple things <laughs> like that. Why, would I, why so would I know these things? And, and to me, it, either, either God is, is, uh, <laughs> is really about entertainment or this was real stuff going on. Um, either way. And then I also did hear the assistant manager in the restaurant, she was the one being forced to touch the body to see if it was alive. And she kept like cussing and she was like a good Christian girl. Mm. But in her mind, she kept saying, why don't you and touch the body? Why don't you do this? Why don't, uh. right. and, and she didn't like that. Her manager was forcing her to touch the body. Sure. Yeah.
0: And then, um, uh, sleeping, like how long did it take you to get a good night's sleep? Cause I can imagine this thing was on your mind for a while. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, it's weird. I slept really good the first night I, I came back. Uh, so when, as soon as I went home, I actually went jogging. I, to me, that was the closest thing to feeling like I was escaping my body. So to me uh, running and jogging, I kept running until I felt like I was going to pass out. Then I'd stop for a moment and just walk. And then I went jogging again until I felt like I was going to pass out and stop for a moment. And I, I was blessed to live near a beautiful canyon. And so I was going up in that canyon and then I came back home. Um, after about like two and a half, three hours of running, I finally had exhausted myself. I I remember doing a, a little bit of studying of, of some things I was interested in. I didn't watch any TV or anything. I just went straight to bed that night and slept really good that night. But the next morning I woke up and I had dreamt about heaven the whole night. Mm. And so all I could think about was heaven. and And that's why I went straight back to work working in construction, you start your job sites fairly early. Um I knew I did be on site at about 6 30 in the morning, you know, dressed and ready and tooled up. And so um I got there 6 30 and the first thing out of my boss's mouth is, um, where, he's like, Where the hell have you been? We thought you died. And I thought I was like, I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> and he was up on this he was up on this roof when I said that and he was like what? <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I actually did die. I thought I was I thought I was dead too, but I I guess not. I'm back here now. Do you want me to still work for you?" And he's like, "Of course I do. There's there's work to do." So, so we just went back to work. <laughs> later on, a few days later, he asked me a bunch of questions about it. And and still to this day, that man is one of my Larry, you know, you know who you are. You're one of the best bosses I ever had. Um, one of the best examples of <laughs> One of the best examples of a good man, and uh, and and to me, an unsung hero. Just like that medic man. There's so many unsung heroes on this planet. They're everywhere, yeah. male and female, and ev- and all in between. There's yeah. so many unsung heroes here.
0: Uh, what about a book? You gonna write a book, or you gonna? I mean, this could easily be a great movie.
1: I did. I did a book. You know, I was I was sharing my experience only verbally for many years. And every time I get done sharing it, I would have a group of people come around me at the end and say, where's your book? I want to buy your book. And, and, uh, I kept trying to write the book. I tried for 12 to 13 years. Finally, I gave up and I'm like, you know what? I can't write this book because I'm not doing it justice. I'm trying to describe something that human words can't describe. And truly I'm not a writer. I was doing my very best Um, this is back before the AI days. You couldn't just send this off to an AI to write the book for you. So I, I waited, I kept asking every time I met a writer, I would ask my, my own intuition. Is this the one that's supposed to help me? And I, I met many writers and, and very successful authors. And one day I was in this writing camp. I was one of the, the writers in this writing camp. I met this amazing guy and he did this writing exercise. His name's Lynn Taylor. And as soon as I read I read his writing exercise, I instantly thought, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if he helped me write this book? And as soon as I had that thought, just this peace, this total peace settled into me. And then I heard like a resounding ask him. And so I walked over to him and I go, hey, Lynn, I know you hardly know me, but I feel like you're supposed to help me write my book. And, you know, uh, if, if you check our book, the whole story is in there, but he, he felt the same thing. He felt like he was supposed to write the book too. Wow. And I feel like he was working on the book for a long time, but I think by the end, the book was working on him. I really do because there was a lot of beautiful things happening for him in an amazing way. And even our publisher, yeah, our publisher himself is, is it's Richard Paul Evans, amazing author him alone. He's he's the creator of more than 45 New York Times bestsellers and um, does very well with his own writing. And he knew that as soon as we had a book ready, he wanted to be the publisher of it because he felt like it was part of his mission to get this story out to the world. So we have a book, Amazon and Audible. What's it called? It's called The Light After Death. The
0: Light After Death.
1: Yep. And they can get it either through our website, which my website's livinggodslight.com. That's my nonprofit where we do coaching. We do all of that. And and that has a, a page that takes them right to Amazon to buy it if they want to.
0: Cool. Um, you got any friends in the movie business?
1: I do. I still am connected with a few people. In fact, one of the, the, the DPs or the director of photography from the old TV show I worked on, I'm still friends with him and And actually a couple of them, two of the DPs I'm still friends with, but, um, you know, we've talked about it. We haven't had any, uh, legit works yet on it, but I know that that we'll probably end up making it into some type of production, whether it's just on YouTube or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even a short story. I mean, this, this would, this would be really, really eye opening to a lot of people. Uh, did we miss anything, Vinny? Did we hit everything? Is there anything else that uh, we should talk about? We've.
1: We pretty much hit everything. The the one thing that um, I think is important for everybody to understand, one of the most important things I had to learn to get into heaven was to understand prejudice. And I felt that I wasn't prejudiced at all. I was raised with um, Korean sisters. And, you know, me being Caucasian, that might be hard to see, but yeah, I'm Caucasian. Just kidding. <laughs> and, and, you know, my Korean sisters, I felt more in kinship with them sometimes than my own blood brother and my blood sister. And so I felt I wasn't having any type of prejudice in my life. And that's when Drake showed me. He said, I know that you think you don't have prejudice, but how do you feel about prejudiced people? And I went off. I was <laughs> like, let me tell you about prejudiced people. And I went off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he showed me he he took an effigy or an image of who I was. And he lifted it off of the non prejudiced side of life. And he took it and he dropped it down on the prejudiced side of life. And he showed me by me hating prejudiced people, I was one. And that for me to truly embody the love of God, the love of the creator, I had to abandon even prejudice towards prejudiced people. That every person on this earth has a path. And that they have their own story. And it's not, my ju- it's not my job to judge that, that journey. But what I can do is I can heal prejudice with love and with service. And think about that. Take someone who chooses a certain uh, characteristic of someone else and says that they, they feel a prejudice towards that characteristic of person. If that very person comes and starts to serve them, how long can they own that prejudice? Not long at all. And so, you know, the answer to prejudice is not protests. It's not boycotting. What it is, is serving and loving and proving that it doesn't exist in you. That's how you solve prejudice. But I think to to me right now, that's so important. There's so many people waving their victim flag. Everybody's got a victim flag. Mm. And guess what? There's been no innovation by victims ever. Every great innovation on this planet has been done by someone who looked past all the differences. They looked past what the eyes could see and allowed their heart to believe what was possible. And that's how innovation is done. But to me, that's one of the most important things I learned. I, I did learn a lot more than just that, but that's one of the most important things. And I, and I feel prompted that that's something important to share with your audience. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Uh, I've, I've learned a ton. I think this is a stamp of approval for me to not fear death. And it's, yeah. it's also, um, it's one that, uh, we're not here very long and mm-hmm. might as well. While we're here, let's make a difference in lives. Let's do whatever it takes to, 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 to be good, do good, make people happy, stay positive. Do I mean, just be at peace with yourself because stress will come. But if you're at peace with yourself, you're able to handle the stress a little bit easier because it's, it's so fast, Vinny. Like life goes so quick. And man, we're here. We can do so much. We can do so much. It's a reminder to myself because I don't think that way all the time, but I'm starting mm-hmm. to. And and I, I love this story because I know for a fact heaven exists. And it's like, yep. man, when I get up there, am I am I going to be upset at myself that I didn't do the things that I wanted to do, you know? So by the way, would you be, would you be upset about the stuff that you didn't want to do? I'm sure there's stuff on everybody's bucket list or mine.
1: I feel that as long as I'm giving a good effort, I'm going to be okay. I am. I've really settled into that. I also don't want to be lazy with it either. I want to make sure I'm taking advantage of opportunities to do good for others, but I'll tell you it's, it's, it really boils down to this. In the future, and, and I mean the immediate future, it is going to be so vitally important for this world, for the entire planet, to not believe what their eyes are seeing, but to believe what their heart is saying, because they're not going to agree with each other. Your eyes will see one thing, your heart will tell you something different. It, and and that's where that intuition comes into play. Follow that intuition it's stronger than logic and your eyes, what you can see with your eyes, because there is going to be some uh, some strong efforts to keep us all in a place of fear, because it's very easy to maneuver us and manipulate us as human beings when we're in a state of fear. But when we're not in a state of fear, we choose what we do. We don't react to do what we do. We choose what we do. And how important it is in our future, especially immediately, that we we allow ourselves to be choosing what we do, not reacting, to to do what we do. Yeah,
0: It's beautiful, man. God bless you, my brother. I uh, I appreciate you so much, man. Um, incredible story, incredible story. Uh, you know what? I want to get my phone and I want to put uh, I want to write the website down so I could put it in the show notes. So hopefully that'll people can click it. And awesome. Go to your website. You got it. Uh, it's it's uh, triple W, living. Godslight.com. any any other uh, links we should we should put in the show notes
1: um, you can put the light after death.com if you want to that's that's the alternate site that's the site just for the book but either one is great okay or both okay do you want to promote the, your Instagram page uh, yeah I'm I'm on Instagram at uh, it's at Vinnie Tolman so V-I-N-N-E-Y T-O-L-M-A-N okay
0: yeah. All right, man. Thank you again so much, Vinny. I hope, yeah, hope we are able to keep in touch. You're uh you're a great guy and you've got great energy and a, I'm sure you're, a, you're a hell of a coach because of that. So
1: thank um, you very much. I appreciate you. It's, it's kind of cool. About a year ago, that logo that you have on your wall behind you, Yeah. I saw that logo and I, in fact, I drew it. I'm not kidding. What? I was just do, I was doodling one day. And I drew that logo, like even the widow's peak on it. I just did it. Like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's as soon as as soon as you started, I was like, whoa, the only thing I didn't do right is I did it all the same color. I did the hair, the eyebrows and the beard, all the same color. But I just I was just doodling. And I did that exact. I'm not kidding. If I could go find it, I don't even know where it would be. But I was in one of my journals and I did that. Just cause? so when I saw that, I was like, I was like, what the heck? I've just, seen that before.
0: Just cause,
1: I mean, just. Well, I, I draw. I used to be, a, what do, what do we call him now? A street graphic artist. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but did you see this logo?
1: And no, you drew? not until just just not until today. Yeah, right now. That's so when I saw it, I was like, where? How do I know that logo? And and then it snapped in my brain. You drew that logo about a year ago. I was like, oh, I did. I was I was out. up at my buddy's ranch up near Zion's, and we were doing some planning for the book and everything. And as I did, um, I just was just kind of doodling, right? And when I got done, I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool logo. And at the time, I had like a full beard. Yeah. And I was thinking, but my hair is a little different. <laughs> but it's really cool, though. You have that logo behind that's you. wild. That's man. awesome. Talk about manifesting, that's huh? Really-
0: I know, right? Yeah, absolutely. And
1: that's cool. That's really awesome.
0: Wow. Wild story. Incredible experience. I thank him for coming on. Again, one of the most powerful stories that uh, I've been involved in. So we're checking out. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. I am Mike Gabriel. This is Mike Pod. Until next time, folks. No wasted days. Let's go.